You know, it's been, let's see, 46 years ago now that TCF started, 46 years this November. And when we first started, we were meeting in rented space. The first 11 years of the church's existence, we met in three different places. We'd move in on Sunday morning and move out on Sunday night, all of that. And then when we got tired of doing that, and when the elders at that time in uh, November 1980, so that was, that'll be uh, 35 years, uh, 35 years ago uh, this coming November, we decided to find our own space and this building is the building we bought. And we don't think it's any accident that God has planted us in this neighborhood. We've, we've often heard that the call of this church is world missions, and that remains true and it will remain true. But we also believe that because God has planted us here, this is where we meet, this is our home base, that we have a responsibility to touch the lives of the people in this neighborhood. So through the years, we've done all kinds of different things, and uh, we've, uh, we've been very active in the school. We're going to hear about that some this morning. Uh, that's been a, the focal point and is the largest focal point of our ministry in the neighborhood now, but we've done other things. We've done all kinds of neighborhood outreaches. We've gone out, and, and uh, you remember we've done some work days where we've gone out and we've helped clean up and fix up people's homes. Um, We've had uh, a, a fairly active benevolence ministry through the years. We have people from the neighborhood and from the area that come by and receive assistance of some sort. But today we want to highlight some of the things that are happening now, and we want to highlight some of the needs that are in this neighborhood. You know, you don't have to go out the door for just a second or two and see that this can be a very needy neighborhood. There's a lot of needs in this neighborhood. In any place there's a lot of physical needs, we know there's a lot of spiritual needs as well. So we do believe that it's our responsibility to do what we can to minister in this neighborhood, uh, not just to provide uh, help and comfort and practical material things, but even more than that, to touch lives with the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. So with that in mind, we, we're going to have uh, four different speakers here this morning. And if you're not up here already, I'd like you to come up close where you can get up here, uh, like Jason, you're the only one that's far back there. And I'm going to introduce them in order now, and then they'll come on their own after I've introduced the first speaker. So uh, we introduced just a minute ago Rhonda Kessler. Rhonda's been the principal at Kendall Whittier for how long now, Rhonda? She's in her fourth year. And uh, we were so grateful that Rhonda... Uh, was the one that took over from Judy Feary. We had a wonderful relationship with Judy Feary, the previous principal, for many, many years at Kendall Whittier. And it was a concern of ours that uh, we would still have the kind of access to the uh, school that we have now and that we had then. And we were grateful that Rhonda was the one that they appointed. Uh, you know, that's an answer to prayer. So I'm really excited that we're having the opportunity to hear from Rhonda this morning. We pray for you often, Rhonda, from this pulpit. We pray for you on Wednesday night meetings. We pray for you in our elders meeting because we know what a challenge you have in that school. And so we're really delighted to have you here. And then after Rhonda comes, uh, we're going to have Sue Wright. And Sue, of course, is coordinating our prayer ministry, specifically for Kendall, Whitt Kendall Whittier School. And she has coordinated that. We're going to hear a little bit about that. And then we're going to hear from Jason Feathers. Now, Rhonda's Jason's boss, and so 
but Jason has been a faithful teacher. How long have you been at Kendall Whittier now, Jason? Six years. So Jason teaches at Kendall Whittier Elementary for the last six years, and of course his kids are in the school and he lives in the neighborhood as well. Obviously Sue lives in the neighborhood. And then uh, after that we'll have Don Farrell. And of course Don is involved in so many things I would, wouldn't have time to name them all. But she's going to tell us about some of the things that she's involved with, including the Good News Club and VBS and all the things that we've heard about. So first of all, let's have uh, a nice warm welcome for Rhonda. It, it really is a, um, it, you know that the presence of the Lord is somewhere when you walk in and you just want to cry, right? The presence of the Lord is here. And so I'm going to cry. So it's all good. Um, and now I can't see my notes. Um, truly. I, I first want to begin by saying thank you. Um, one of the things that is the deepest values of my heart is my relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And I accepted the Lord when I was 12, going into seventh grade, and he has been my Lord and Savior and faithful friend and confidant and helper and healer and ever since. Um, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, though, but it's been a long time. Um, when we came back to um, Tulsa from being in Seattle, we had done that. My husband and I had been part of a church plant um, there, and we were there for 12 years. And I had the honor of being children's pastor and eventually women's pastor. And it was just a real joy. Um, but through everything that I've done, children has been um, the focus of my heart. And um, they are the ones that Jesus said, you know, let the little ones come unto me. And so when we bless the kids, we are blessing him. And, you know, with the children come adults. And, you know, their parents, their aunts and uncles, their grandparents, um, their older brothers and sisters as well. And we, you know, Jason and I served together um, at Kendall Whittier, which is an elementary school, which you all know, pre-K, four-year-olds through sometimes 13, even a couple 14-year-olds up through sixth grade. And um, ours is a neighborhood. We have about 91% free and reduced lunch. Um, so with that comes some high poverty, um, but poverty does not dictate the heart and passion of a parent. I, I grew up in what I would call low, low middle, um, and you know we didn't have the things that a lot of my friends that went to the same school that I had, but I can guarantee you that my parents who, uh, when I became a Christian, they were also in the process of becoming um, true believers. Um, that made the difference in my life. They loved us, and they brought a, a sense of belonging and safety and security to me and my siblings. I have three siblings um, that a lot of my friends never had the opportunity and blessing to have. And um, it's in those families that don't have, and no matter what your socioeconomic level is, it, it doesn't matter. It's what you bring to the table what you bring to the family and um, we have a lot of kids that are in high need they are broken broken individuals and the level of devastation that some of our youngest babies have experienced is way beyond anything that I have personally experienced and can't imagine experiencing and they're five and six and seven and 12 years old and um, so 
to know that there is, um, you know, first of all, that the Lord has brought me there. I know that he has brought me there. And, um, and I take that on very, very seriously. It is a, a charge that is pretty much the focus of my entire day and my entire life. Um, my husband is a counselor over at City of Clinton, so together we do, we ride together and we go home together and we do, we pray and we are talking about what God is doing or what God needs to do <laughs> in our buildings. And, you know, we are his hands and feet. And I can tell you that, and, and I believe it's a result of you, um, your prayers, your commitment, your faithfulness to um, Kinda Whittier as a hub of this neighborhood, you know, through your prayers, through your service at Good News Club, through um, your commitment, um, through your leadership to partner with Kinda Whittier. I believe that it's because of you that I am here um, as a believer, as, as the principal of the school. Um, I can tell you that I've, I've counted them up. There are over 30 true committed believers that are teachers or staff members at school. That's amazing. That's because of your prayers. Yep. And, um, you know, having Good News Club, um, and, and Jason can attest to this, on Fridays that we have um, the stage separates our gymnasium from our multi-purpose room, which is kind of like a smaller gym. And on Fridays, um, to help kids that need a little additional additional assistance in getting their homework done. You know, we have between 20 and 25 kids there on a typical Friday. We call it homework detention, to be honest. Kids that didn't get their homework done, they get that opportunity on Friday afternoon in fourth, fifth, or sixth grade. And, um, but over on the other side, through the curtains, is Good News Club. And one of my favorite times, honestly, of the week is when Good News Club is doing their worship time. And those kids on my side that haven't done their homework are captive audiences of hearing worship go on. And it just, you know, I inside I'm worshiping and I'm praying over these kids and believing that those words of praise and worship are beginning to plant seeds in those kids' lives. And the kids that are part of Good News Club, that they are not afraid and praying uh, an empowerment of them that they would stand up for what they believe and be able to bring Jesus into situations in the classroom. And I want to tell you a little story we had on our tornado night when you were welcomed in to Tulsa. Um, we had our youth mentoring program that goes on after school. It ends about six o'clock. And we had um, some students that were being picked up. And at the time, it, the, the tornado was coming, the weather was getting very, very bad, the announcements and alerts were happening. And so our after-school staff um, took the remaining kids and their parents and then stopping cars that were going by and getting neighbors out of their homes into the building. And so we're, we're going into, I wasn't there, but my after-school folks were, and the story is that, um, in one of the bathrooms where everybody is huddling, we have some kindergartners that are like, I love Jesus, why is he making this happen? And, um, you know, and then other kids would pop off of, he's going to protect us, and even in the midst of the tears, but that was their first go-to. That was their first, you know, in times of trouble, he is 
their rock and that just melted my heart and then you know the questions came and it just so happens that one of our parents who is also a um, a staff member for YMP she's she goes to my church which is Believer's Church and she started just you know telling them about how you know well let's pray and we can we can trust Jesus to keep us safe and you know to to bring that calm and again she's prayed and she had been a homeschooling mom and now she's there with her kids because God told her to come so all of that is a result of your prayers of asking God to come and be at Kendall Whittier and so, you know, through Bill, through Good News Club, through teachers, um, through kids and parents that are believers that are at Kendall Whittier that are represented here at this church, you guys truly are, you know, Kendall Whittier was called the lighthouse of the community. Honestly, I believe you are the lighthouse of the community. And I mean that in all sincerity because it's God light, his light through you all and your commitment and your faithfulness year in, year out, week in, week out, that is making a difference. And so I want more than anything to encourage you and to bless you and to say, please keep doing what you're doing. Please keep keeping Kendall Woodier, you know, as the one of the heart and soul pieces of your ministry because we we need you. Our children desperately need you. You know, we had three teachers that had really serious issues going on, thought they had cancer, got in there with the surgeries, no cancer. I mean, those are awesome prayer answers, you know. So for, I was asked to tell you needs um, of the school, and so I kind of want to do it very quickly in three areas, and the first one is relationship. Um, our kids, our families, and our teachers, you know, you know that the foundation of doing life together is relationship. We, we are the hands and feet of Jesus, and you know you, you can't be a Christian and be in isolation. It doesn't work that way. He's called us to be you know, his hands and feet to each other. Our kids need relationships. We, they need mentors. They need big brothers and big sisters. They need other parents that are willing to take them in that know Jesus after school and let their kiddo play with you know, those that don't need know Jesus or might just be hanging out because their parents are working. A lot of our parents work two and three jobs um, to make it. And um, they're trying to, you know, that and balancing it leaves their kids at home and they don't know what to do. It's not because they're bad parents. It's, you know, you have to provide, but you don't want your kids just hanging out on the streets, right? Because then they become targets of those that don't have good intentions. So relationships, having those internal emotional needs met um, will help students be able to then learn, not just academically, but be able to, to be more balanced as they approach life, healthier, right? Competence is a second area. Um, one of the things that happens sometimes in poverty is... Um, what you can call a poverty mentality. You kind of get stuck in it, and you don't see a way out. And kids learn, learning from their parents, um, think that, you know, they come to think that, well, this is how life works. And for many of our kids, it may not be very helpful. For other of our kids, it's extremely helpful. And they have a plan, and they have a purpose. Um, one of the things that we're doing um, as a staff, is helping kids to learn to invest in themselves and their own learning, to, 
to say, I can do this. You know, we are the tigers. We are strong, smart, and talented. We are capable of doing great things, and we know that we are loved. And that, that is the premise of if, if you know that you belong and you know that you're smart and even if you struggle in an area, you can, you can work hard and do it or you can get help along the way by those that believe in you. Um, that when, when kids start experiencing success in getting their homework done and realizing, oh, I can get A, Bs, and Cs. I can learn, then making mistakes becomes part of the learning process. It's not as threatening. It's not as shaming. They don't take on shame when in relationship they develop this can-do spirit. So that's another area of prayer is that we can, as staff, help these kids to invest in themselves and in their own learning process. And each time that they're successful, that just kind of explodes inside and helps them to want to risk at doing the next thing. And then they get success at that and they risk at the next thing until they get to the point where they, they know that they can do things, you know, and they're not afraid to try. And maybe I am smart or maybe I am talented in this area. And so that's, that's the second area is that kids would invest in their learning. So relationship, investing in their learning, and then as they continue to build that confidence and sense of competence, that they would begin to see themselves as God sees them. You know, God has put talents and skills and gifts in each one of us. And to not discover those and to not study to show ourselves approved, to not develop those, is to, um, I think, in a way, dishonor God. You know, that, that we aren't doing what he made us to do and to be for his kingdom. That when we develop those gifts and talents, it's, it's not arrogant to say, I'm good at such and such. It's agreeing with God in you, right? And to go, because of God in me, I can do this. He's put this in me to do, and I'm going to become the best at it that I can be. And so when we move our kids through relationship, continuing they build confidence that they are able to learn and to do, that then they have eyes to see who they are and that they have things to contribute because the difference where poverty mentality is broken, in poverty mentality, it's all about me and what the world can give to me. But when that is broken, it's what can I do for you? And the joy comes, as you all know, in the giving because you are a church that gives. And so... You, you've mastered this. You are in relationship. You have stepped up. You know who you are in Jesus. Many of you, most of you, or you're growing in it. You know who you are in Jesus, and you're giving it away. And that's what we need to pray for our kids. Relationship, confidence, and then that sense of autonomy that, gosh, I do have something to give. I have value, and I want to give it to you and that there's joy in the giving. So thank you so much. Can I just pray over you all real fast? Do you mind? Lord, I am just so overwhelmed um, and truly deeply blessed by this church. It's been hidden, Lord. It, it's like a little pot of gold that's been covered 
and hidden. And I ask, Lord, that you would just throw the covering off and, Lord, that the light would just continue to expand, that you would bring more and more like-hearted folks to this congregation, Lord, in order to meet the needs of this community and those that reside in it, to be a healing place, to be a recovering place. Lord, I ask for continued anointing on the leadership here, that you would continue to impart wisdom and leadership and vision, that you would take them direction, that you would want them to go. I bless this body of faithful believers, Lord, that if they are not giving, you would show them where they can give within their capacity to do. And Lord, for those that have been so faithful, Lord, I just ask that you would really, truly bless them and meet every one of the folks in here, your needs, Lord, that you would meet their physical needs, their financial needs, their emotional needs. Father, bless this body as Kendall Whittier and I have been blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. I can't remember uh, how many years ago it was, um, but it was right around the time when we were starting launching the prayer advance that Bill came to me and said, I've been talking with um, Rhonda Kessler, who's the new principal at Kendall Whittier School, and she told me she would welcome any of us here who would uh, like to come and pray in the school. And she said, literally, walk the halls and pray. And so uh, Bill asked me if I would consider that. Well, I, I did. I started praying about it, but just felt like um, uh, to be cautious about jumping into another commitment. So I prayed about it for probably another year or so. <laughs> and then I finally felt like the Lord said, yeah, it's, it's time to start praying for the school uh, in an intentional way. So uh, we... We got together a small little prayer group, and um, we're meeting now every Thursday afternoon at the school to pray. And uh, one treat last week was, because of the tornado, the school was out on Thursday, and but we showed up and they let us in and said, you can just walk the halls. So that was the first time we got to do that, and um, it was it was interesting. It was interesting. In fact, when we first started praying there, we were in a little room, uh, one of the little counseling rooms, and we were just feeling some pressure, feeling some resistance. And uh, a couple of us were even experiencing some interesting um, attacks and spiritual warfare during the week, and uh, it was significant enough that we thought, whoa, you know, there's some, uh, there's some real uh, spiritual activity going on around this school. And so uh, we got the elders to pray, for, pray over us as we prayed for the school. Um, I'd like to share a couple of verses that the Lord just put in my heart when I was thinking about this. Um, the first one is 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
and then Hebrews 11, 1 and 3. To have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. It is by faith that we understand that the universe was created by God's word so that what can be seen was made out of what cannot be seen. The more I've been involved in prayer, the more I realize that prayer is working in the area of the unseen. <clears throat> and yet, the area of the unseen is actually very more real, a more real realm than the, in the realm of the things that we see. And um, so uh, one of the things that we do is we pray every week for the Lord to just open our eyes to see what is God wanting to do in this school and so that we can just kind of pray in those directions and cooperate with whatever God is doing. Um, one of the, uh, one interesting way that God did this with me was I was prayer walking around the grounds of the school one day and I walked past the front of the school and I just looked up at the Kendall Whittier Marquee, which I've looked at, I don't know how many times I've looked at that, and I saw on there it said, Kendall Whittier Elementary School, a lighthouse to the community. And all of a sudden, God opened my eyes to see that. And I really felt like he said, yes, yeah, I, I want this place to be a lighthouse to the community. And um, so, I, I went to the website, and sure enough, I printed out the homepage here. There it is, the lighthouse with the light beaming forth into the neighborhood. And so I, I got to thinking, I thought, well, you know, Lord, uh, we need that to be the true light, you know. We, we really need that light that's going forth from this place to be the true light. I was very encouraged to find out how many Christians you have on staff there. That's very encouraging because that's where the light comes from. And so we've been praying that the light of Christ would shine within that school and that from that school the light would go out, move out, because as Kendall Whittier is a strategic place in the community as a school, you know, we, we feel that the Lord wants light to go out from that place, first into the students, then into their families and the neighborhood. And so we've just been expanding our prayer time, not only to include the school, but also how God uh, could touch the neighborhood. And we've been praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the Kendall Whittier School and the Kendall Whittier neighborhood. Because, you know, as I, uh, the school bears a lot of the burden of the degrading caused by our post-Christian culture, um, you know, and, and in talking with Rhonda and just hearing what she had to say today, um, they're dealing with a lot of issues, a lot of brokenness. Uh, in the students, and you know that's just a reflection of their families and and their community. And so we've been praying for them. We pray that um, the teachers and the staff 
would be filled with just extraordinary wisdom, love, and patience, and know how to meet the challenges of these needs. Again, here we are. We need the power and presence of God in that school because uh, these needs go deeper than just a, a, a natural fix. You know, they need to know how to minister to these kids. And, and we also need to pray that they be strengthened with a strength that's from God. You know, I'm always so thankful when the Lord reminds me of that verse that when I am weak, he is strong. I mean, these teachers are just human beings. They've got their own issues and burdens and responsibilities and, and troubles, and, and you know, they need to be strengthened with a strength that's from God so that they can be Jesus' hands and feet in that school. We do especially pray for the Christian teachers and staff and the students who represent Christ in that school. Another um, area that we've kind of all agreed is that we're there to be a good news club support, prayer support group. So we pray quite a bit for good news club. We pray for the volunteers. We pray for the kids. Something that the Lord has laid on our hearts lately is just to really, really be praying for the soil of the hearts of their hearts, you know, because we don't want that word to go forth and just be stolen or bounce off a hard ground, you know. We want it to go in and produce fruit. So we're praying about that. Um, we're praying for those who've accepted Jesus. I want to just put in a, a little uh, plug for uh, a great email prayer letter that Lynn Clutter puts out. Uh, just about every week, I think, for the Good News Club. If any of you are interested in praying for Good News Club, see Lynn and ask her to be put on her email prayer letter because you can just print that out and pray right from your own home for Good News Club. And, and, and Good News Club needs our prayers right now. They really do. Um, you know. So anyway, I'd also like to just encourage any of Anybody else that would like to join us in praying for the school, we pray on Thursday afternoons, but, you know, that, that doesn't mean you can't be a part. And I'd be glad to pass on to you um, needs and information that you could just pray uh, from home. Um, but anybody that wants to be involved, just uh, talk to me, and uh, we'll try to work out a way for you to be involved in the prayer initiative. Thank you. Well, I just want to first thank you for this opportunity to come before you today and talk about what God's doing at Kendall Whittier. And um, to touch on Sue's point for a moment, for those of you that are praying, um, you know, your prayers have an effect. Uh, I've had a certain counselor in my room a couple times over the last month or so um, to observe a student. <clears throat> and she's mentioned both times in my classroom, you know, that she knows that there's something going on in there. She can't really put her finger on it. You know, and uh, anyway, I attribute that to your prayers. I mean, uh, so please keep it up because we uh, value your prayers. Um, when I listened to the uh, voicemail message uh, that Bill left me, I had two thoughts. Um, so I want to relate the first one as a piece of encouragement. Um, that uh, 
that God is always at work, and that it doesn't matter um, whether we're aware of it or not, but that he is always at work around us. His kingdom is always advancing. And when I thought about that, it was just really encouraging to me, and I wanted to share that with you. Um, and the second point, I want to tell a very short story, um, because the second thought that came shortly after that uh, was, was the following. Um, Uh, around the, forgive me. Um, around the uh, about eight years of age, uh, my parents were divorced, and uh, you know, for several years there, I was kind of left to my own devices. And one of my frequent thoughts was, uh, "Am I loved?" And um, unbeknownst to me, and I, didn't, I wasn't aware of it at the time, and that's why I feel that God would have me share this, because these two um, images of these two individuals quickly f- flashed into my memory after I listened to the message. Well, my grandparents attended um, First Baptist Church in Broken Arrow, and uh, two individuals reached out to me. I remember the name of one an older man, Jesse Loving, uh, the other man, he was a younger man, but they both very intentionally spent time with me, invested in me, and uh, I don't even know if I appreciated it at the time. But, uh, you know, years later, you know, when God enabled me to come to him to receive salvation, um, these were, this was proof of his love, you know, um, I remember intentionally, you know, Jason, I've always loved you. And I was able to point to these, and not only these two individuals, but, you know, just time after time after time, you know. Uh, he said that he would be a father, a father to the fatherless, and uh, God, God could point at my past and very intentionally point at individuals that he had brought into my life to fulfill this role. And... Uh, you know, there are also many men sitting in the congregation here that uh, God has used in this capacity. And so, um, in a very real way, I think that that's what we're doing at Kendall Whittier. Um, we are the manifestation of God's love and of his mercy and of his grace toward these kids. Um, many of them, not all, we have lots of great parents and great families, but many of them, um, unaware of whether they're loved, are they? Um, are they worthy? You know, um, are they wanted? And so, um, that's really the role that I see uh, myself and uh, Good News Club. You know, Charlene Dunn comes in once a week and and spends time with one of my students, and um, that that's that's what I see. That you know. That, we're the manifestation, like Rhonda said, we're the, we're, the, we're the practical application of God's love for these kids. And uh, inevitably, almost every year, I have a student moved into my class that needs a male role model. And um, sometimes, you know, I, uh, I grumble mostly internally about it. 
Um, but, you know, after uh, God's had time to deal with me, uh, he's placing them, these individuals in my room for a reason. Because um, he's, unique, he's uniquely gifted me uh, to understand um, how to minister to these kids. And um, just two quick um, stories about two different kids. I had, I had one girl in the fourth and fifth grade. Uh, she was in a down, down world, downward spiral. Um, just came from a really tough family. And um, she left my class in the middle of fifth grade to go live in a, a Baptist girls' home. And um, I saw her over Christmas. She came back. And, uh, you know, a lot of times in class, this girl hated me because I held her accountable. Um, I didn't let her get away with things. And uh, our relationship, a lot of times, was contentious. Um, however, when she came back, she thanked me for that. She thanked me for not allowing her to get away with things. And uh, just a great transformation the way that she spoke, the way that she carried herself. Um, her mom, she's estranged from her mom. And she used to write me letters about how much, you know, she hated her mother and, and what her mother had done. Anyway, in the conversation that I had with her, um, in a very grown-up way, she talked about, wanting to forgive her mom, wanting to move on from um, the abuse of the past. And uh, the other story is a, a young man that's currently in my classroom, and uh, it can be a, quite a bit to handle at times. But, uh, you know, through, through the course of the year, I've just really come to seeing that, you know, academically, you know, I want him to come around and... Uh, you know, as a teacher, uh, to see him embrace his education and, and value it. And we're not at that point yet, but um, uh, honoring him as an individual, um, uh, uh, valuing him and, and, and showing him, you know, that he has talents and stuff is, is something that I felt that, that God has had me do in, in a way for him to build up his self-esteem and um, and and just affirming him. The other day we were uh, he went to gym and he couldn't walk back from gym. He's he's falling. His the bottom of his feet hurt and he can't walk. Yeah, not really, you know. That's he, so he's he's very theatrical. And so, you know, uh, he doesn't make it back to class. And you know, I'm waiting here. You know, I'm trying to get class started. And so I end up walking in my classroom. And he's down the hall and he's sitting in a chair and he's just like. Bottom of my feet. <laughs> so uh, I said, Luis, you know, we got a, got kids back there, you know. And he's just, I can't, you know. So I scoop him up in my arms, and I walk him back to class. And I can see he's got a huge smile on his face. And uh, I just really feel that things like that, uh, you know, showing being the showing mercy and grace and love to these kids uh, is invaluable. And one day, hopefully, that we can trust that those seeds that are planted will be cultivated. And, um, you know, just like me, those, uh, as an eight-year-old boy, you know, um, those men were obedient to invest in my life. And as a result, 
you know, I stand before you today. So um, uh, thank you for your prayers. Please continue to pray um, because we need it. And uh, I just wanted to, again, um, express my thankfulness for TCF, for the leadership, um, for the body of believers that are here, and uh, for all of you that have invested in me. Thank you very much. For those of you who don't know, I'm Don Farrell, and I'm involved in Good News Club and Vacation Bible School for many, many years. Love it very much. Um, why is our church involved in these things? Why am I involved in these things? Um, because it touches the lives of kids. You know, the things that Sue and Rhonda and Jason have shared, <clears throat> it does touch the lives of these kids in a very deep way. Um, the two main things that we've been hearing over and over again is prayer. Prayer is so vital in reaching this neighborhood and investing in the lives of these kids is so important in order to bring about change. Um, in case you don't know, Good News Club is a Bible club that our church started at Kendall Whittier School many years ago. Um, we meet there every Friday right after classes. So I've heard many times God has been taken out of the schools. Yeah, but we can put them back in. And we are doing that for a lot of kids. Um, so why are we involved in these things? Well, kids are saved and lives are changed, not just for now, but for all eternity. Um, and um, there is such fruit through Good News Club and VBS. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I have had the opportunity to pray with so many kids. I can't even begin to count how many kids that I have prayed with to receive Christ. And I know that those seeds that have been planted um, are going to produce fruit just not now, but also when they are adults. Many of these will continue to walk with the Lord. Um, you know, and if all they have is just one positive experience at VBS that's related to God, that is a seed that is planted that is likely to produce fruit when they are grown up. Um, VBS and Good News Club also open doors to the rest of the family. Um, they have, they put a trust in us. You know, they see how we work with the kids and love with, the, live on, love on the kids, and it opens up a door if we go and visit them. And over the years, I've had a lot of opportunities to go into people's homes and visit with the families, um, and be able to touch lives that way. And um, just one story out of many, um, there's this one family, many of the kids had come to vacation Bible school, and I went to their home and I visited, and there was a, it was a big family. Um, there's several adults and many, many kids in just one home. And um, the 13, 14-year-old girl was very interested, and she asked me if I would come back and read the Bible with her. So I came back and started doing that actually every Sunday, after um, in the afternoon, I'd go to their home and I'd read the Bible with her. And um, different family members would sometimes sit and listen as well. Um, there was one, her big sister, who was a um, young mom of four little kids, would often sit and listen. 
And um, one day when I was over there, I was actually reading the Bible to the little kids. I'd sometimes read to the little kids too. She started asking me questions and I had the opportunity to share the gospel with her. And um, she had quite a messed up life actually. She wasn't married. She, all four of her kids, I'm pretty sure were from four different fathers. A lot of partying and um, she said that she wanted to receive the Lord. And she understood that that was not just receiving the Lord as Savior, but receiving Him as Lord. And she knew very clearly that she had a life that needed to be changed. And um, so she prayed with me, actually, as, long, as well as with the, I think it was 10-year-old, another 10-year-old girl in the family. They prayed both together at the same time. And many of them now go to church. They go to a Hispanic church, a Spanish-speaking church. Um, but just to see the lives changed and the opportunity that I had not just to pray with them and see them receive the Lord, but just to love on them because I go there and I love on all the kids. Um, so many kids in the family, you know, so many of them get lost um, and just to be able to love on them and have an impact in their lives. Um, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And there are so many families that we could touch the lives in if we would go and visit them. And something that I have prayed for many years is somebody that from our church would organize and spearhead a visitation program because I can't visit them all. Um, we could touch so many more lives. Um, and if you have an interest in doing that, Please talk to me. I can share with you the different things that I have learned over the years in visiting in people's families. We can train people to go and visit, you know, especially with Vacation Bible School coming up, which is June 22nd through the 29th. If we could have a group of people that would go and visit into the homes, uh, many of those homes we could probably develop relationships with um, and love on the people in those homes, see people come to Christ and have a lasting impact in these families. Um, of course, also because of Vacation Bible School coming up, um, that takes a lot of people to be involved with. It's a big team effort. I'm so thankful for so many of you that have been involved in that to make it happen. Um, and so we need that again this year. Um, and with Good News Club, we're, we're real good right there, right now with that, but um, we'll, hopefully we'll need more coming up in the fall. If you have any interest in being involved in Good News Club or VBS, let me know. We're going to have a sign-up uh, for VBS in a couple of weeks, and there's a lot of opportunities to be involved in there as well. So um, let me just end this by saying um, the harvest is plentiful, and there are many opportunities to touch the lives of people in this neighborhood for Christ. Thanks. You know, I'm the kind of the funnel through which everything flows, so I hear a lot of these things. I heard some things that I hadn't heard before, but I heard most of them. But I think it's good for all of us to get a flavor of what's happening through our little church through the individuals involved in this church in our neighborhood. Isn't it good? Hasn't it been good to hear these stories this morning and hear what God is doing? And so, you know, the hallmark we heard was pray. So I'm, I'm thinking God is calling some of you to be involved in other ways, but I'm also thinking God is calling all of us to be faithful in prayer.
for these things because nothing happens without prayer. And uh, before we close, I thought it would be really appropriate, since we don't get her here every Sunday, for us to have a special prayer for Rhonda. Would you mind, Rhonda, would you stand? And I think if there's anybody around that would like to pray for her, would you please uh, do that now and let me lead us in prayer. You can stay right where you are and we'll have people gather around you and uh, pray for you because we know that you're on the front lines. Of course, we know Jason's on the front lines and Dawn is and Sue is as well. But uh, since you're our special guest today, we want to take this opportunity. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have seen fit to place Rhonda in the school where she is, Lord. Thank you that you have seen fit to call her to this work, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that her heart is for the children. But even more than that, her heart is to see the children's lives changed and touched and to see the gospel even spread in that school, Father God. Father, we know the deep needs that she faces every day, the challenges that she faces with so many different children and their families, Father God. Give her wisdom in every encounter that she has with each child, with each family, with each parent, Lord. When there's uh, especially challenging things, Father, may she have a strong sense of your Holy Spirit equipping her, Lord God, to uh, speak the right words in the right time with the right demeanor, Lord God. We pray, Heavenly Father, that she would always, daily, Lord, she would feel fully equipped by you, Lord, knowing that her strength is not in herself, but in the Holy Spirit that resides inside her to do the work that you've called her to do, Lord. We ask for your wisdom, for your grace. We ask for physical stamina as well, Lord, knowing what a challenge that this job must always be, Father God. We pray for physical stamina for her in this work. We pray, Heavenly Father, for um, great direction in her leadership of the staff. Thank you for the many Christian teachers that work with her in the school there, Lord. We pray for uh, her leadership, not just of those teachers, but of all the teachers, Father God. Give her good relationships with all of her teachers, Father God. We know that many of the things that she must deal with in staffing uh, can be contentious, Father, and often they're contentious because of things that she has no control over and imposed on her from above, from the school system or the state or the testing system or whatever, Lord. So we pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd help her to navigate these things by your grace, with your strength, with your wisdom, and keep the relationship between her and all of her staff very strong, Father God. Father, we thank you that she is where you planted her, Lord, and we thank you for our relationship with this great school, Lord. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, uh, she would always be fully equipped by you to do the work you've called her to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.